that your Savior, our Savior, your Son, will be glorified. Father, we thank you. Breathe upon your word once again, Father. Let life set forth into lives as we listen to your word. In Jesus' name. Let me hear somebody shout, Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. And please be seated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you happy to be here? Okay. So I am talking about can't you do just a little bit? What? <laughs> can't you do just a little bit more? Can't you do just a little bit more? Can you not do just a little bit more? Is it too much to ask a little bit more? Is it too much to demand a little bit more? Is it? Can you not do just a little bit more? Hallelujah. And last week I believe I told you about King Joash, Joash, a king of Israel who was frustrated and out of his frustration ran out of his frustration, he ran to the prophet Elisha and told Elisha all his problem. Do you know his problem? His problem was that there's a, there's a country called Syria and they were troubling them. So he ran to Elisha because he was troubled. How many of you have been troubled before? How many of you have been troubled? You didn't know what to do. You had to run to somebody. Yeah. You get to a point in life like that, that you get so troubled, and you don't know whether to turn left or to turn right, where to run to. You look so confused. Hallelujah. Yeah. Have you got into that place before? Yeah. The king also got to that place, and then he ran to Eli Elisha. Then Elisha said, no problem. No problem. Now, I need you to do something. Get a bow. A bow, bow and arrows. I want you to get bow and arrows. So he got the bow and the arrows. And then the man of God said that, I want you to shoot one of the arrows. He did. When he shot it, then the man prophesied and said, this is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. This is a sign of your deliverance from Syria. That stronghold, that strong power, you cannot fight against. This is the deliverance. Then the man of God went on to say, the man of God went on to say, why are people standing at the back? Can you not sit? Because you are distracted. There's too many activities at the back. Hallelujah. The man of God said, one more thing. I want you to take one of the arrows and smite the ground. Strike the ground. The man of God didn't say, how many times should he strike the ground? Three, eight, twelve. He didn't know. He just said, strike the ground. And the man went, whoom! Boom. 
boom, three times, and then he stopped. And the man of God, Bible says that, and, and Elisha was rough. It means that Elisha was angry. He was angry. Why was the man of God angry? He said to him, why did you stop at three? Why didn't you strike five or six? Why? He said that if you had struck five or six, you would have utterly destroyed or completely destroyed Syria. Totally finished them. Now that you have struck three times, you will not utterly destroy them. You are going to hurt them, but they will not be totally destroyed because you didn't move from three to five. Three to five. And, I, I, and I'm like, wh wh why didn't you even strike until he tells you, stop? The way you have struck, it's okay, stop. But you went one, two, three. And when you felt like, you see, you didn't get, you didn't give the instruction or you didn't feel like striking. You were not the one who felt like striking. You were instructed to strike. You can already see that you are dealing with a prophet. He made you shoot the arrow. And when you shot the arrow, he spoke to you and he said that this is the arrow of the Lord's deliverance. Then this man has given you again an instruction to strike the ground. Why didn't you strike until he tells you that it is okay? Why did you strike three times and stop? And he said, this is the reason why you will not destroy the Syrians totally, completely. And, he, and, and you see, and, and, and if you are, you are, you are dealing with, a, with an animal like cat, and you are trying to kill it, and you hurt it, and you don't kill it completely, you know, you know what it is. Do you understand? You endanger your life by beginning the process of killing and not finishing it. Because now the person has the intention. He now knows your intention. Your intention is to finish him. So now that you couldn't finish him, he would turn around and finish you. Is that not it? Yeah. And finish you. Why couldn't you? Why couldn't you do just a little bit more than what you intended to do? A little bit more would have led to the complete destruction of these enemies. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. What have you been doing? What has the prophet instructed you to do? <laughs> what has he instructed you to do? To go out there and bring five souls for Swollen Sunday. That is the instruction. Why can't you do just a little bit more than even what you have been doing? Just a little bit more. And a great difference would, would have been made. Do you remember this king called King Saul? The first king of Israel. They fought with the Amalekites. And God told him, when you go to the land of the Amalekites, don't spare anybody. Kill any living thing, beast or human. Kill everybody. Kill everything. I know, I know the end from the beginning. I know what, 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 if you don't kill them, I know what it can lead to. So make sure that every Amalekite.
Amalekite, every every beast who is an Amalekite, every human who is an Amalekite, everything everything living Amalekite must go. Everything must go. <laughs> must go. Then Saul went and killed everything. Killed anything that had life. He slaughtered everything except the king. He left the king. And he left some few sheep that he would use for sacrifice. You have not been asked to come and do sacrifice. The instruction is that, look, kill everything. Every human, kill it. Kill them. Everything. Finish it. Finish it. You have killed everything. Why would you not go to the to the little extent of finishing the king? Why? Why? And you know what? Because he didn't finish the king. Do you know what happened? What happened? Because what happened was that Haman. Eh? Remember Haman? Haman. In the book of Esther. Haman, who threatened the the complete destruction and annihilation of all the Jews in their region. That, that guy came from the one he spared, from the king, the king of the Amalekite that he spared. Huh? So, so when he was perhaps dead and gone, eh, when, when Saul was out of the scene, and could not be seen anymore. His, his disobedience, his unwillingness to do just a little bit more had put his people in great danger. Every one of them was going to be slaughtered just because an ancestor refused to do just a little bit more to fulfill this, this instruction given the man. Who are you endangering by not doing just a little bit more? Whose life are you putting at risk for not doing just a little bit more? Fulfilling the instruction. Following the instruction. He went for the king to sign that any, any Jewish, Jewish person in any of the provinces on a particular date on a particular date, should be slaughtered. This guy wouldn't have been around if Saul had followed the instruction and had done just, I mean, can you imagine you have killed everybody? What does it take to kill one more? Just one more. One more and you would have saved your people from this trouble if God hadn't intervened eh? can you imagine all of them in that province they would have been gone they would have been gone listen it is dangerous not to do just a little bit more yeah it's dangerous I've been coming to church yes that's good that's good but God is demanding a little bit more than coming to church. <laughs> oh, pastor, I've been singing in the choir. Great, great work. But God is demanding just a little bit. Look at it. You have been coming to church, singing in the choir, doing 
to do that. Hallelujah. Are you here? Yeah. Do you remember Cain and Abel? Cain and Abel. God, God demanded an offering. God demanded an offering. I want an offering. Now, when God asked for an offering, there is something he has in mind. Anyone who places a demand, places a demand for what they like. Hallelujah. Everybody sit up. Everybody sit up. Don't lie. Sit up. Everybody. Everybody. Tell your neighbor. He's talking to you. Sit up. Sit up. And listen. Hallelujah. Can you hear? Are you, are you, are you alive? Are you awake? <laughs> are you sitting up? Yeah. Tell your neighbor. Look, listen to what the pastor is saying. Cain and Abel, a demand was placed on their life. What was the demand? The demand was to bring an offering. Now, when he's asked for an offering, what offering? God asks for what he likes. What does God like? He likes life. He likes things with blood. So when he was given his son, he gave his son, he gave life to us. He enjoys life. He knows what life can do. So he demanded for an offering from Cain and Abel. Then Cain brought vegetables. 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 Vegetables is nice. It's nice. It's healthy. But it is not life. Eh? The life of the flesh is where? It's where? It's in the blood. And God demands life, not vegetables. Not vegetables. Now, an offering has been asked. Vegetables were at the backyard of Cain. So you only have to go to the backyard and say, oh, shut up, one or two, and gather them, and then, Charlie, come and present it. But as for Abel, Abel has to take a gun, has to locate a forest. And when he locates the forest, you see, it is not easy for hunters to catch a prey. Did you know that? We had a, we had a bishop who was, an, uh, was a, a, a hunter. And we're asking, so, so how do you do it? He said that in the night, in the night, we go, we go into the bush in the night. Yeah. Because the, the, the animals, they know that, Charlie, I mean, around this time there, we are safe to move around. You got it? Yeah. So we go in the night so that we can catch, you know, so anything can happen to you as you enter the, the forest. Anything can happen to you. You can meet a snake. Maybe one of the trees that you, are, you, have, seen, you have seen an antelope that you want to fire. So you want to take a certain what? position so that you can gauge it and fire it. But that position you are taking is taking you close to a tree on which there is a snake. And the snake thinks that you are coming to attack it. Uh, the snake can bite you. So what is he saying? It is dangerous 
to get the offering that has blood in it dangerous it is inconveniencing to get that acceptable offering it's inconveniencing because the antelopes they are not in your backyard they are not there you have to leave your house enter the bush in the night when you should be sleeping you are in the bush because god is demanding for life god is demanding for life his demand is calling for life and abel was determined to give the acceptable offering so he had to enter the bush and risk his life because he wants to go just a little bit more further to have something acceptable what about you <laughs> what about you at the end of the day cain was envious of abel he was envious he became so envious because that life that life became so beautiful he was wondering why his life was not also that beautiful he was he was jealous he was envious eh? he became an enemy then that led to him conceiving eh? conceiving murder murder and he went and murdered abel <laughs> and god said that if you did right if you also inconvenience yourself, would you not be accepted? Would you not be accepted? You were not willing to do what he did, but you want to have what he got. It does not happen. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. That is why today God is calling on you. God is calling on you. He's calling on you. He has placed a demand on you. Yeah. In our days too, he has placed a demand. He has given a demand. What is the demand? Oh, the demand is what he likes. What he likes. What does he like? What does God like? You have to ask yourself. God is asking for an offering. What does he like? There is something he likes. Do you know how to know what God likes? You know what somebody likes by, by watching what he spends his treasure on. If I see what you spend your treasure on, I know what you like. I know what you like. I know what you treasure. Yeah. And I know, I, I know what you cherish when I see what you spend your last on. When I see what you spend most of your time on. I know what you treasure. I know it. So to know what God likes, to give him the acceptable offering, you must look at what did he spend his treasure on. What did he spend his treasure on? What did he spend his treasure on? What is his treasure? His treasure was his son, Jesus. Jesus was the treasure that God had. Yeah. What did he spend the treasure on? Hmm? What did he spend the treasure on? He saw man heading to hell. He saw man, man that he made out of the dust of the earth and put in, in man his own breath. He saw man that he made beautifully. That was different from angels. Angels lacked the ability to reproduce, but man had the ability to reproduce and it became a point of envy to the angels. This beautiful 
saved me. This is precious to me. So what did God do? He took not one, not one of two. He took not the junior one, not the senior one. He took the only he had. The only he had. He said that for these people to go to hell, to perish. No, I'll give my best. I'll give my best. Then he sent Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And brought his son and nailed him on the cross. Nailed his hands on the cross. Nailed his feet on the cross. And his son screamed, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? God turned away from him because God had you. And me in mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. You want to know what God cherishes. You want to know the treasure of God. Watch what he spent his best on. Watch it. To tell you. <laughs> Gave his only begotten son. He died on the cross. He died on the cross. That anybody, anybody, including you, including the source you are going to bring, including the drug addict, including the, the, weed, the weed smokers, including any form of human, including the people in the gutter, the people from the gutter, including the people who don't have anywhere to sleep, including those who have been to school, including those who have not been to school, including those who can speak English, and those who cannot speak English, whoever they are, wherever they come from, it doesn't matter their name, whether their names are known or not, he said, whosoever, whosoever, a soul is a soul, whosoever, whoever they are, wherever they come from, if they would believe in Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Sacrificed him on the cross. It tells you that the treasure, what God likes, when he's asking for offering, what he likes, his souls, is his treasure. He will give anything. He will spend, he will spare no expense, including giving his only begotten son to rescue a soul. He will, he will, he will stop at nothing. He will stop at nothing. Nothing, 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 nothing can be strong enough to stop God from rescuing a soul. Nothing. Anything he can give. Is it not amazing that we will not, that we will not, we will, we will stop at many things not to win souls. We will stop at many things. Many things will stop us. Many things. Our jobs will stop us. God's job couldn't stop him. Our children will stop us. Pastor, I don't have anybody who will take care of my children. I have to be at home with my children. Our children will stop us. Our husbands will stop us. Our wives will stop us. Some care somewhere will stop us. But God stops us nothing. When it comes to souls, it stops us nothing. Stops us nothing. Ah. So God is asking for an offering. What is it? Five souls. Five souls from you. Five souls. He's not asking for money. He's asking for five souls. He's asking for five souls. Will your offering be acceptable? Or will your offering be rejected? Would you be like Cain or you be like Abel? 
always two people. There are always Cain's and there are Abel's. Which one are you? Are you a Cain or are you an Abel? Which one are you? Are you somebody who does this out of convenience? Or you go a little bit more, even if it means inconveniencing yourself, you are willing to do that just to accomplish that mission. Which one are you? Are you a king? Or are you an Abel? Today God is asking for us for an offering. An offering of what? An offering of five souls from each and every one of you. Come Sunday, five. Five. From each and every one of you. Everywhere you come from. Listen. Will your offering be accepted or rejected? Remember they all brought offerings. Cain brought an offering. Abel also brought an offering. It is not about what you bring. It's not about whether you brought offering or not. It's about whether what you brought is acceptable or not. Is this what? Are you bringing what he loves? Or you are bringing what is convenient to get? Which one? Which one are you? This is a question. And God said, I should tell you. I should tell you. He's demanding for life. He's offering his life. Bring a life. Bring a life. Bring five lives. Five lives. Whatever it takes. Hallelujah. Are you here? I'm closing. Then Noah. In the days of Noah. Listen carefully because... I'm ending with this. Listen very carefully. Morosia. I'm telling you what God requires of you. Come Sunday. Noah. Noah was in a generation of, of wicked people. Of sinners. God was so angry with them that he decided to wipe out every life. He decided to wipe out every life. Every life. He must tell you the wickedness that was in town. Then he found Noah. What did Noah do? Noah. Noah began to go out. The Bible said that he preached righteousness. Noah preached righteousness. Hey. Second Peter chapter 2 from verse 4. Second Peter chapter 2 verse 4. Listen, some of you, you have been hearing and hearing. And what you have been hearing doesn't seem to make any impact on you. It's a very dangerous state to assume. Yeah. There's nothing you hear from church that moves you to do anything. What you have planned for the week, no matter what the pastor says, that is what you will do. No word can change you. No word can alter your plans, can change your mind about anything. It's a dangerous state to have. It's a dangerous state to be in. <laughs> it's a dangerous state. Because your, your, your distraction would be without remedy. Yeah. Yeah. It would be without remedy. Never change. Do what you like to do. Not what God has said to you to do through his servant. No. You do what you want to do. He says, I should tell you, that distraction would be without remedy. 
without remedy. He didn't mean those who smile in church. Your smile is not enough. It's good to smile, but you have to do a little bit more than the smile. Oh, yeah. Look at it. For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Verse 5. Verse 5. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. He was a preacher of righteousness. So you can see that. Noah was not just sitting there when God went to him and asked him, go, go and build an ark. No, 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 no. Noah was a preacher. He was a preacher of righteousness. He was going from, from locality to locality. He was going from house to house. He was going from town to town. He was going from city to city. And he was preaching righteousness. But that was not enough. After the preaching, God said that I need you to do just a little bit more. What is the little bit more? Build an ark. Build an ark for me. Just a little bit more. So you have been singing, great. You have been acting, great. You have been dancing, great. You have been coming to church every Sunday, powerful. But it is not enough. You have been preaching, yes. You have been teaching, but center leader, great. God wants, is demanding just a little bit more from what you have, do, you have been doing usually. Preacher of righteousness. But he says that. Now you have been preaching righteousness. Great. Build me an ark. Build me an ark. Move a step further. Move a step further. Build me an ark. He built an ark. He said, go and get animals. How did Noah catch a life, a life cheetah? How? Eh? Chim chimpanzee. Hippopotamus. How did he catch them life? And took all of them into the rooms. And he says that, well, it's good. You have caught them. Put them in the room, but provide food for them. Some of them eat grass. Others don't eat grass. Others, they eat other animals. And they say, provide food for all of them. Yeah. So sometimes, we read the scriptures, and we, we assume that it was easy. Oh, he just built the ark, and then that is it, and the water came and came. Look at the things that he had to provide. When he finishes it, then God demands this. He finishes that, then God demands this. He finishes it, then God demands this. Just, God, God requires from every believer, not only Noah, everyone, just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. What have you been doing? Just a little bit more. More. You have been coming to church. Good, we'll clap for you, but, but that is not the end. God wants you to move a little bit more from just coming to church to now being a soul winner or bringing somebody to church. saved. How do you get saved? Somebody came to your house and preached to you. Look at it. 
somebody came to his house and preached to him in his house. Today he's sitting here, a pastor. Listen up. So, how did you become saved, sweetheart? Where? In your house. Somebody came to your house. Wow. Look at this beautiful thing. Somebody came to a house. Somebody. The person that, did the person have a house? The person had a house. The person was staying somewhere. Not in your house. Was staying in another house. But the person came to your house and preached to you. This is one of the nicest ladies I have. Yeah. Yeah. This is one of the people that if she enters any church, I'll go to the church and warn the pastor. Yes. I'll warn the pastor, be careful before I do something bad. Yeah. Release her before. This one, this one of them. One of the people I'll do that for. That's it. <laughs> Somebody came to her house. Left his house. Came to her house. And preached to her. So today, Sunday, she is sitting in church. Eh? Because somebody, somebody did not think about his comfort. How many of you know that you are more comfortable in your area, in your, in your home? Your home is your domain. Yeah, that is where you have safety and confidence. You, don't, you should be careful when you are fighting somebody in his home. Yeah, because he knows the terrain more than you. It can be dangerous. Yeah, so people have, people have advantage when they are playing home football. They are playing with, they have an advantage. But this guy did not think of his advantage. Eh? He didn't think of his advantage. He thought about the fact that if I, I inconvenience myself and leave my house, leave my work, leave whatever I am doing, leave whatever I could have done with that time, if, if I, I, I can sacrifice that and go to somebody, I know that today, today, how many years ago, the person will be sitting in church, born again, and will be headed to heaven. I know. <laughs> Somebody came to his house. Somebody came to her house. Whose house are you going to? Whose house are you going to? Yeah. <laughs> Whose house? So you see, now that you are sitting in church, do you know how many people would have also sat in church with you? If you have bothered her, somebody has come to you, you have also bothered to go to somebody's house. Met the person there and shared the gospel with the person. The person may, may also be in church and about 16 years or 15 years time, you will see a pastor. You see a pastor. So why are we doing that? When you were invited, you are not inviting anybody. <laughs> when you were, yeah, somebody, somebody came to you. You should see some people when you are witnessing to them. You call them, and they say, oh, no, no, I don't have time. Oh, I don't have time. I don't have time. So people don't have time. So when somebody gets time to talk to you, it's a sacrifice. Why would you also not sacrifice for somebody? Today, God is placing a demand on you. He's placing a demand. He's asking you for an offering. An offering of five souls.
an offering of five songs. Would you also, as you are sitting in church, whatever was done for you, for which reason you are in church today, why would you not do same for somebody? Because it will, somebody will follow the same thing to be in church today. Today, you have been commissioned. Yeah. I have commissioned you. I'm your general. Today I have commissioned you out there. Yeah. Whatever it would take. It doesn't matter how long you have been in church. You have been in church for two, two hours. You qualify. You have been to church. You have been in church for one hour. You came here only one hour ago. You have never known this place. Today is your first time. And you are here for one hour. You qualify. Even if 30 minutes, you qualify. You qualify. You qualify. You qualify. Hallelujah. Mama, how did you come to church? How did you become born again? Somebody invited you. Look at somebody invited you. Yeah. That is why somebody must also come to church by your invitation. Are you not happy you are in church? You are happy you are in church. Can you imagine somebody is very unhappy in a mess somewhere? It's in a mess because nobody has bothered to invite the person. He's waiting for you to come and invite him or her. Nobody has invited him. So he's in a mess somewhere. He wants to have a decent life like, a decent life like yours. To sit in church on Sunday also. To listen to preaching. Why are we denying them that? Next week, Sunday. It's your day. I said next week. It's your day. You are going out there to talk to them. God is asking you, can't you do just a little bit more? Stand to your feet. Stand to your Lift up your hands. I'm going to lead you in an oath. Lift up your right hand. Only your right hand. I can't see your right hand. Say, Father. I can't hear you. Say, Father. I pledge today to bring five souls. Whatever it takes. Next week, Sunday. 10th of November. I pledge five souls. I pledge to bring an offering of five souls. What you love. What you give your best for. What you give your treasure for. Five of them. I pledge to bring five souls. So help me, Father, in the name of Jesus. I want you to lift up your voice and talk to God.
Oh, Makobo Sayama. Pray to God to help you. Nekaya ban nene mosiato neneya. Oh, kaban nene mosianto nene mekeya. Miyo kababan na rio sian na rio kababan na nene meseyaba. Ibaya bonaro rosia kababan ten nene mosianto ya. Nayo nara rabasianto nene mekebaya boria. Nero sian na rakotan nene mosian romakayane. Ikoya nara rasia kobon nene mokaya. Oh, talk to God. Say, Father, give me help from above. Give me help from above. In the name of Jesus, help me to bring this offering. This offering of five souls. Lift up your voice and talk to him. Lift up your voice. Maro sayaba. Nero siya kokane nene soya. Nero rabandane rasian kobon tan nene mekeya. Ibabanane nene mosiabaria. Help me to do just a little bit more. Help me to do just a little bit more. Marasia. Help me, Father, to go out of my convenient environment. My convenient environment, Father. Whatever it takes, Father. Help me. Fill my heart with desire. Fill my heart with a burning desire. With a passion. Abakona rio sayanta ikomantande rio kebabantante nemeya nakona nene nemosia bakeyo kosia taya yakokama nene mosia baria father we thank you we bless you father thank you father for your word we are grateful for your word father in the name of jesus thank you for what you are about to do thank you on Sunday, 10th, thank you for salvation. Thank you for the gift of salvation. Thank you for the many souls that will surrender to you, Father. We thank you, Father. Blessed be your name, Father. May this generation not let you down, Father. May this generation not let you down. If a generation will let you down, not this one. Give us the grace to do what is required of us that Jesus would not become extinct in our generation. That in our generation, Father, church buildings would not be sold out because nobody is coming into the church. Church buildings would not be turned into something else, into restaurants and hotels and, and mosques and and several other things, Father. But in our season, may many more churches be built because, because the souls are not able to fit in the church, God. Use us. If you can use anything, Father, you can use us. Use us, God, to bring in the harvester. Use us, Father, as instrument to carry out your agenda. Use us, oh God. In the name of Jesus. We thank you. Have mercy upon us and use us, God. Have mercy upon us and use us. Nerosia, we are nothing but use us, Father. When you pick us in your hands as an instrument, we become something. Use us. Use our voice. Use the words that come out of our mouth. When we open our mouth, speak by your spirit, God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you. Bless you.
give you praise in the name of Jesus. And as every head is bowed and every eye closed, you are here this afternoon. Somebody invited you. You came on your own. But hey, this is the reason why God gave Jesus. If you miss this reason, you have lost the essence of even church. Yeah. And the reason is eternal life. If you are here today and you are not sure whether if you die today, you have a place with God. You want to say that, Pastor, I want to be sure. I want to make sure that Jesus is in my life. I want to make sure that he's in my heart. If you are here like that and you want me to pray with you, wherever you are standing, I want to see only your right hand above your head. Pastor, please pray with me. I need Jesus. I, need, I want to be sure that as I am living here, I have booked my place in eternity. I can see your hand. I can see your hand. Pastor, please pray with me. I need Jesus. You are here like that. If you have lifted up your hand, wherever you are standing, I want you to come to me. Come, come. Let me pray with you. You lifted up your hand. Come. If you lifted up your hand, come. God bless you. God bless you. Come all the way. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother. God bless you, my brother. Stand this way. God bless you. You are not clapping for them. I know you are not clapping for them. They are coming to Jesus. They are coming to their Savior. They are coming to their Redeemer. They are coming to Jesus. You are not clapping. They are coming to Jesus. They are running to Jesus. They are running for their salvation. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Jesus is calling. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus. Oh, let him have his way. Let him have his way. Let him have his way. Hallelujah. Those of you standing in front, can you lift up your two hands with me? Lift up your two hands with me. And close your eyes with me. Mean what you are doing. Be serious about it. Because God is not joking. He's serious. Lift up your two hands. And I want you to say this prayer after me. Pray from your heart. Make it your own prayer. Today would mark the turnaround of your life forever. If nobody gives you one million dollars, this is more than one million dollars. Lift up your hands. And I want the church to join us in this prayer. I want everybody to pray this prayer. Say, dear Lord Jesus. I want to hear your voice. Say, dear Lord Jesus. I come to you this afternoon. Just as I am. I believe with all my heart that Jesus died on the cross. You came to shed your blood to wipe out all my sins today. This afternoon, I surrender my life. I give my life. I receive you, Jesus, as my Lord, as my Savior, as my Redeemer. From today, from today, Jesus, I confess I belong to you. From today, I confess I belong to God. Say, Satan, listen to me. From this moment, I will not serve you again because Jesus, say, because Jesus has set me free.
and I'm free from you. Say, thank you, Father, for saving me today, this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen.